know you've missed me. Maybe you're, let me rephrase. Are you the one who missed me while I was gone, Jim? I'm the one, Jim. I missed you. Welcome back. Welcome Thanks. back to both of us. We took a week off after the winter high school tournaments, and then you were at the Masters, and Jace Frederick, our friend from the Pioneer Press, filled in very capably. But it's good to be, it's good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. It's also good to know that Jace uh, stepped in. Good dude and a good writer. It's uh, fun to get him involved as well. Uh, this is, though, this is Prep Stay with John Millay. He's the star of the show. Ryan Burdett is our producer. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune, and we're going we're gonna to hit on high school sports. We're also going to kick around some other things that are going on in our lives here today. And thank you to Pizza Barn in Princeton, pizzabarnprinceton.com, and TCO. We'll tell you more about TCO and some cool stuff coming up with them here shortly. Yeah, Jim, um, let's let's start with some non-high school stuff here. And, and I know you've talked about some of these things on your most recent blocked and muted podcast, but let's start with the Masters. How was it down there? I know it didn't it didn't close with a huge amount of drama, but I bet I bet it's always good to be down at the Masters, right? It, it's a great event to cover. They they treat us really well. Um, I feel less guilty covering it these days because now they at least have uh, black and women members. So they and then they've done it. I think the you know Fred Ridley's much more evolved than some of their former chair people. And now they uh, you know they really are promoting women's golf. They're promoting uh, you know Asian golf, uh, youth golf. They're really it's become a different organization. So I I like covering it a lot better for those reasons. Uh, one of the most beautiful places on earth, one of the greatest golf courses. And the cool thing is that like everybody who ended up at the top of the leaderboard was actually kind of a likable person. I mean, we know Phil, Phil Mickelson's a mess. Uh, we know Tiger's had his issues. There, there, there are certain golfers it's really hard to root for. Uh, hey, uh, you know, Scheffler seemed to have poise and class. You know, McElroy's a great guy. He made a run. Morikawa's a great guy. He made a run. Cam Smith's a really cool guy. He was at the top of the leaderboard. So it was kind of a pleasant week to cover. Yeah, it was fun to watch from from afar. That's for sure. Just to see green grass and and halfway decent weather. But yeah, and you did a great job as you always do, covering those things. Now let's talk about a couple controversies that, as yes. I said, you've, you've mentioned on your on your blocked and muted podcast. Silly stuff, and you know we were all watching the Timberwolves when they beat the Clippers in the play in game, and the celebration was was a big celebration. You know, nobody's going to argue with fans celebrating. The players, you know, when when somebody jumps up on the scorer's table and throws his jersey into the stands, you're allowed to do that. I'm okay with that. But, you know, I think what some people maybe, well, Lavelle Neal, another member of our podcast family here, he was, he ridiculed the whole thing. (laughs) When's the parade? Are we closing school? The whole thing. And, and, you know, I thought about it. And if, if under the old NBA playoff systems, the Timberwolves would would have started the playoffs as a number seven seed. Yep. Because they won this playoff game, they're a number seven seed. So I, I, I see both sides of this. I see why they were so exuberant. You know, the, the season wouldn't have been over, but, you know, now they don't have to play Phoenix. They're going to play Memphis, which is a better a better setup. And then the other one was uh, the other night at Target Field when Clayton Kershaw was taken out of the game. He had a perfect game through seven against the Twins. I think it was 80 pitches. You know, they didn't, Davy Johnson didn't let him finish, but it's the first week of the season. It's a long season. That's, I didn't quite get the outrage on that. You know, it's, he may have 30 starts this year. You don't want to jeopardize on a cold night in Minneapolis, his first start. I, I got that. I mean, Hey, we all love to see no hitters in perfect games, but boy, I, I, <laughs> I think in baseball terms, you got to think long-term I, w- give us your summaries of both of those 
pseudo controversies, Jim. Well, I think you're on the right track. And I think in both cases, the outrage is a little ridiculous. Uh, first of all, only one player really went bonkers. I mean, and Anthony Edwards is 20. So, you know, he jumped up on the counter because he saw Pat Bev do it. And he thought that's what you do, you know, <laughs> if you right. win a playoff game, right? Um, <laughs> that's right. But I, I, so really, Pat Beverly is the only player who went absolutely yeah. bonkers. And he did it in part because he played such a big role in bringing them back. They basically won a – and listen, the Clippers are good. Clippers have been hot lately. And he spent time. Beverly spent and, time and, with the and Clippers. They didn't offer, yeah. they, and he didn't like the offer they gave him. He thought they were disrespecting him. So he was really jacked up for this game. He played great. They beat a really good team uh, in a really important game because they would have no chance against Phoenix. They do have a, a chance against Memphis. And here's the other thing. It's really, you know, I thought it was genuine emotion. I, I don't like staged emotional events, but that was genuine. He really felt that way. And he reacted that way. Yeah, and tears in his eyes. Yeah. I wrote about this for, for the Friday Star Tribune, too. If you're the Timberwolves and you've been the worst franchise in sports for 30 years and you win a game like that under those circumstances in front of a great fan base that has started turning out and supporting you, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and try to manage your emotions. So yeah, that's I, that. I, and, and it was the Kershaw. It's just math. And you mentioned some of the math. Uh, he is a veteran pitcher. They think they're going to win the World Series this year. And they might be right. They will not win a World Series if Clayton Kershaw is injured. Clayton Kershaw got through last year by getting injections into his elbow midseason so he could finish the season. Uh, he has not thrown 70, more than 75 pitches under any circumstances this year. Nobody in baseball at the time that Dave, John, Dave, excuse me, uh, Dave Roberts pulled him, nobody at the time had thrown more than seven and a third innings in the major leagues because they had a short spring training. Nobody's built up to throw more than 80 pitches right now. Here's the thing. If you're Dave Roberts and you say, Oh, I really want to see a perfect game. And you put Clayton Kershaw out there and he throws 110 pitches and he hurts himself and he's never the same pitcher or he's not the same pitcher the rest of this year. Or he gets hurt and put on the DL and you don't win the world series because of it. You have just destroyed what your entire franchise is working for and you're going to get fired and you deserve to get fired. Yep, I agree. I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. It's, it's, you know, and there was a time before Twitter where these things, these aren't, these don't become big talking points, but it's because everybody can immediately, you know, vent their outrage and, yeah. and other, other people see it and it gets amplified. And that's, you know, I, there's a, there's a saying, Twitter is not real life. And that certainly is true, but that's, that's part of this, I think. It is. And you know what? Twitter's great when taken the right way and using it to, to, to bring up, you know, and it's, it's kind of fun to be able to look at Twitter and say, okay, that's the topic we should address because that's what everybody's talking about. You just can't take it too seriously. Exactly. There you go. All right. Well, let's get to your stuff here and let's start with a, a slow start to spring sports. Yeah. We know this is Minnesota. We know spring is iffy. Um, I just, just before we started here, I saw on Twitter, um, a petition to move girls high school golf to the fall in Minnesota. I don't, I don't know anything more than that. I don't know why they're, the, whoever's doing this doesn't want to move boys golf to the fall. I think if yeah. you do one, you do both. And I get that. I, I've talked about that for years. If you play high school golf in the fall, you know, the courses are in good shape. Uh, the weather's better. You might have cold weather, you know, for a state tournament. Um, I, I don't care either way. It's not up to me. I, I'll cover it no matter what. But uh, yeah, the weather is is problematic right now. It's cold. Uh, this has been a bad week for outdoor things. You know, we saw the Twins playing in cold weather. St. Paul Saints uh, called off uh, 
let's see, we're talking on Thursday. The Saints are supposed to play yep. tonight. They did not. They're not playing tonight. So it's spring in Minnesota. You know, up north, there's a lot of snow. Don't, don't even start with North Dakota where there's feet of snow. But, you know, I, I knew this was going to be a bad week when on Monday this week, I started seeing tweets from schools that uh, events scheduled for Thursday were being called off mm-hmm. on Monday this week. So, you know, we're in the middle of another cold, wet spell. Things will improve. Everything will be fine. We're, we're used to this. And I, I actually did get my first taste of spring sports earlier this week. I watched uh, Farmington, the defending state champion of Class 4A baseball, host Eastview in a season opener for both teams. A uh, really, really fun game to watch. The sun was out. Temperature was in the mid fifties. You know, the sun was, the clouds were rolling past the sun. It was just one of those spring days, but it was a lot of fun. You can read about that on John's journal at MSHSL.org. And so Farmington, they were the big school state champs in baseball last year. They've got 10 kids back from that team. So they are really, they, they are going for another state championship here. And just this week uh, it, we have, uh, we had signing day for, for several sports. Farmington has 13 baseball players in the senior class who are going to play college baseball for, wow. you know, from junior college up to division one kids. That's phenomenal. 13 seniors on one high school baseball team who are going to play at the next level. That's pretty phenomenal. So uh, that says a lot about Farmington. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I've never heard of anything like that. No, unbelievable. That's like having a, I don't know, a football team with 30 uh, kids going on to play in college. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's phenomenal. That's great. I didn't, re- I didn't realize they had that going I, on. I, I noticed that yesterday. I, I was stunned. Yeah, good for them. Dang. Okay. Hey, we're going to get to a couple of heavier topics. We're going to get to thank a ref, most valuable teammate. Uh, first, I want to thank our producer, Brianne Burdett, and thank Pizza Barn in Princeton, our long-running sponsor. Yeah, uh, they continue to do great things. Um, the Pizza of the Month has been announced. Jody Stay, who runs the ship up there at the Pizza Barn, has announced it. It's the Pickle Roll-Up Pizza. This is not one I don't think either of us has experienced. The Pickle Roll-Up, it's backed by popular demand. They haven't had this as a Pizza of the Month since uh, pre- those pre-COVID days in 2019, but it's a fan favorite at the Pizza Barn. There have been a lot of requests to bring it back. It's back now uh, in April. They start out with their own homemade crust, add the base with a blend of cream cheese with sour cream, then topped with thick, crunchy dill pickle chips, smoked pit ham and mozzarella cheese, and then before they bake it, they had a dusting of dill seasoning on top. I think that's worth a try. Um, hopefully, we're going to get up there before too much longer and do a live show. And as we've talked about before, they, they're going to have uh, two food trucks now, which means it's even easier for the pizza barn to come to you and your event. They are they are booking like crazy right now. Graduation parties, class reunions, weddings, events like that. You can make it really simple. Have the pizza barn do all the work. Uh, you can find contact information at their website pizzabarnprinceton.com. Jody will, will answer all your questions about availability and pricing and the food trucks. We, as we know, they, they do not, uh, they're not afraid to travel some distance and they will come to you. So don't think distance is an issue. Thanks again to uh, Jody and everybody at the pizza barn. No doubt about it. Pizzabarnprinceton.com. And also tell us about TCO. We've uh, done some events with them before. We have another one coming up, I think May 21st. We do. They have now opened a new state-of-the-art clinic. It's open in Brooklyn Park, part of the 610 Crossings development, just north of the 610 off-ramp, south of 96th Avenue North. 
Patients not only have access to first-class orthopedic care, advanced imaging and MRI, but they, they offer physical therapy, hand therapy, hand therapy, easy for me to say, and pelvic health therapy as well. And the Mr. Basketball this year, Braden Carrington from Park Center, we saw Braden play at the state tournament. The Park Center Pirates uh, won a state championship. He's going on to play for the Gophers. And uh, the, the fact that he was able to play this year, Twin Cities Orthopedic had a lot to do with that. Before the high school season, during the AAU season, he partially tore a patella tendon. That's in the knee. And initially, he tried to just play through it, but it was too painful. And because Park Center High School partners with TCO, the athletic trainer there, sent him to TCO for physical therapy. And it literally saved Braden's senior season. Um, he got back to 100% kept doing sessions during the season to keep that knee strong. And we can't wait to watch uh, Braden next season with the Gophers. If you want to see some great uh, video of that, there's a story about Braden on any of uh, Twin Cities Orthopedics social media channels. And uh, we are all invited. Everybody's invited to the grand opening of that new TCO facility in Brooklyn Park on Saturday, May 21st. The event is from 11 to 2. We're going to do a show there on site during those hours. It's a family-friendly event, free, open to the public. Uh, the uh, Victor from the Minnesota Vikings, he's going to be there. Vikings cheerleaders, the Skull Line. There's going to be a very special guest who will be announced soon. There will be sideline swag bags for the first 150 people. There's chances to win Vikings memorabilia, tours of the facility, uh, games and activities for all ages, and one of the pizza bar and food trucks will be there. So we're going to get to see Jody in person, Jim, get to have a great time, and, and we'll be doing a show from uh, TCO that day. Thanks again to our sponsors. Now let's get to revisiting racism. Yeah, Jim, um, Jace Frederick and I talked about this at length, about the impact of racism on the Boys State basketball tournament, specifically a really vile social media message uh, sent to a player from Minneapolis North. Instead of revisiting that, there's kind of a second part to this uh, this story. Uh, uh, there was just a beautiful bit of writing by a student at Morris Area High School in the wake of all this. And this, the person who sent this message, uh, I think, is a student at Chocayo, Alberta, which is part of the basketball co-op with Morris. And uh, a, a young lady at Morris, Lakaya Manska is her name. She's a senior there. She wrote a wonderful editorial that was published in print and online by the Steele County Times in Morris. And it, it spread pretty quickly, especially on Twitter. I retweeted it. The headline was Time to Change. Uh, if you go to the MSHSL Facebook page, you can you can read you can read what Lakaya wrote. I've spoken with her and I'm working on a story about her and what she wrote. She's also a pretty pretty good speech competitor and the state speech tournament is next next week. She will be there, so it's kind of a combined story about uh, you know things she's involved in, but a lot about what she wrote. Lakaya is is black. She wrote about what she has faced in her life. She's also a three sport athlete. And she, you know, a, a great speech competitor. She was fourth in the state speech meet last year. And her voice is really important. I'm just going to read. Here's one excerpt from what she wrote. Quote, we must flip the script. Instead of teaching black kids at a young age that people will always hate them, let's teach all children to love another. Tell kids that race does not make them good or bad. Show students what the history of racism in the U.S. was like so we do not continue the cycle. It's, it's a remarkable piece of writing 
from the heart. Um, and for every, every young person, for every person who, who does something hateful, especially on social media, I like to think there are hundreds of, of people like Lakaya out there who help us all understand what's right and true. So keep an eye on John's journal for my story about Lakaya. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, just really, I spent, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes with her on the phone uh, a few days ago. Really, really insightful. You know, as I've said many times on our podcast, I, I don't worry about the future. Uh, people seem to think kids are the problem. Yeah, yeah, there are very small numbers of ki- of people of any age who aren't really helping us. But boy, with, with people like Lakaya, the future is pretty bright. Well, I look forward to reading that and I look forward to talking more about it next week. We should just definitely keep keep uh, hammering on anytime you get somebody who can, who can take an endemic problem like that and write beautifully about it. That is always worth revisiting. You bet. Yeah. In fact, I just, that just, that just put the thought in my head. Maybe I can talk to Lakaya. Maybe we can get her on the podcast at some point in well, the future. Yeah, that, I'd love good. to have her anytime. Yeah, you bet. All right. Let's go to the late Pat Lund. Yeah. If any, anybody from Southeast Minnesota uh, knew Pat Lund for decades, he was a TV sports fixture in Rochester and all, all over that part of Minnesota. He spent 30 years at KTTC TV in Rochester. Everybody knew Pat. Uh, he passed away uh, last week at age 58 after a lengthy illness. Pat was one of these guys. He worked hard. He had fun. Always a treat to spend time with. It's just so sad that he's gone. I always enjoyed seeing Pat on the sidelines or in a gym and chatting up and just had, you know catching up with each other. He was just such a great person. So we send our condolences to his family. He was, he was one of a kind, uh, the great Pat Lund. Uh, thank you for telling us about him. I had heard his name. I didn't know much about him. Uh, let's now go to a couple of our standards. Uh, let's start with thank a ref. Yeah, I'm not going to thank a specific referee or group of referees, but there's something happening as we're speaking here in Indianapolis where the National Federation of State High School Associations is headquartered. Right now they're having a – it's a two- or three-day uh, officials consortium, they're calling it, with people from more than 50 sports organizations – uh, you know, from, from everything from youth sports through college, professional sports, uh, a survey of state high school associations uh, has indicated that approximately 50,000 people have, have stopped serving as high school officials since, since 2018, 19, the last full school year before the pandemic, 50,000 officials have, have stopped working as officials. So it's a national thing. We've talked about it a lot. So they're having different uh, meetings there. I don't know. I haven't seen an agenda. We'll see what comes out of it, but they're just discussing common problems surrounding the recruiting and retention of officials. And then, you know, chiefly strategies to, to recruit more. And I was on a zoom call with people in our office this morning and athletic directors from all over the state. These are regular things the high school league does. And we were talking about this a little bit. And one point was if every school in Minnesota, if every school and every community could find one official each year, you know, a recent graduate or somebody in the community who would become an official, that would solve the problem in Minnesota with, with more than 500 high schools. If we could do that, if every school, every community could just find one person, to become an official in any sport or more than one sport. That's, that's what, that's what it would take here in Minnesota. So I think things are happening. It's certainly not easy, but uh, uh, you know, it, and it's not going to happen quickly, but 
people are working on it, and I'm optimistic we're gonna we're gonna get to a better place with our officials. And that's such a better solution than my solution, which is put an electrical device on every fan, and the ump gets the ref <laughs> umper ref gets to shock them every time there they say something rude. <laughs> I'm I'm on board. That's that's my last ditch uh, plan. I'm on board, Jim. Of course, that's also my pr- plan for society in general. And just yeah. it's not yeah. going to work. I know. I've tried to get it through Congress. <laughs> I can't can't get it to work. All right, let's go to something happier. Happier. Let's yeah. go to a most valuable teammate. Yeah, this is so much fun. This is the weekly award we do at the Minnesota State High School League, most valuable teammate. It's not a most valuable player. It's a most valuable teammate. The latest recipient of this award is Haley Patel, a senior involved in speech at Black Duck High School up in northern Minnesota. Uh, Haley's a team captain who leads by example and always puts team needs and success ahead of her, ahead of her own. She's respectful and compassionate to her teammates at all times. Congrats to Haley Patel of Black Duck on being the most recent, most valuable teammate. Good stuff as always. Now, how are you feeling, man? You know, I'm I'm okay, Jim. I've had uh, an interesting few days here. I, I hate to end the show on a on a medical procedure, but let's uh, let's. Let's dive into this, which is what a uh, which is what a doctor did to me the yesterday. He dove right in. Uh, I don't know if you have uh, undergone the dreaded procedure that I'm that I'm gonna I'm gonna call the schmolonoscopy. Have you had one okay. of those, Jim? Uh, I've I've done a certain kind of test. I haven't d- done the full uh, plumbing procedure. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird sadistic process, at least in my case. This is the second. I knew what I was getting into. I've done this before. I'm old enough. This was my second colonoscopy. I took a couple of sick days this week because this is not a one-day procedure. Uh, there's the prep phase, and then there's the actual procedure. And basically, for 18 hours before the procedure, you do not eat anything. It's all liquid. And imagine an eating machine like me going liquid only for a day and a half. I managed to do it. I follow the rules. I read the instructions. You know, you go to the pharmacy, you buy basically every laxative product they have. Um, and the the, <laughs> the two days before, you know, you, it's it's you stop eating. And then the day before, it's all liquid. You can drink all the clear liquids you want. But you're pounding laxatives, man. They give you they 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 tell you to buy this basically powdered laxative. You mix it with a half gallon of Gatorade, and you chug that thing. You're supposed to take down eight ounces every 15 minutes. So I had the timer going. That was a battle to get that done. And then the last straw is four hours prior to the scheduled schmolonoscopy. You drink a bottle of raw, thick liquid laxative. And that is not nearly as much fun as that sounds. That's and they and the instructions more than once recommend you stay close to the bathroom, which I can attest is very good advice. I did not, I did not leave the house. I did not uh, stray from the bathroom. Now, and I had the procedure in a hospital. The first time I had this done several years ago, it was it was not in a hospital. It was a full outpatient in a in a clinic kind of a thing. So this was interesting. You know, I got prepped. They hooked up an IV because they gave me some meds. They didn't knock me out completely. They told me these meds would sedate me, but I'd be conscious. Believe me, I was conscious and I didn't feel sedated at all. So maybe it would have been way worse with with no meds. But a nice doctor came in, shook hands. He knew I worked at the high school league. We talked about the state hockey tournament and then pretty soon. Uh, he and a nurse asked me to roll over on my side. They got to work. 
And, you know, Jim, it, it's not the most comfortable thing. The doctor basically is using a camera on the end of a cable and he, he, uh, I don't know how to put it. He plums the depths and he go, he's going in deeper and deeper from my backside. He's rounding curves and looking at a video screen while the nurse is pushing on my front side. So this is quite the position to be in. And even with the so-called sedation, it was not the most comfortable thing I've done, uh, but there's good news. He told me he went in five feet. He used five feet of cable in there, <laughs> went, went around every nook and cranny. And at the end of it, the doc doctor announced I was clean as a whistle, no polyps or gargoyles or monsters in there. And I don't need to have another one for 10 years. And I have repeated the phrase 10 more years, many times since then as a, as a show of, as a sign of relief, I, I can wait 10 years. I told my wife, I'm not going to think about this for nine years and 11 months because don't ever want to do it again, but I can wait 10 years. So if, if you've never, ever had one of those, uh, God bless you. I just, uh, you know, and I know people who've had them and the results have been, you know, they find polyps and things and they say, you, we're going to do this every year. I can't imagine that, but, uh, yeah, it's quite a thing. Um, sucking down all that goo. And well, I think the lesson that. here, uh, <laughs> the lesson here, especially for our younger, more impressionable listeners is, you know, if you can stick to a very disciplined diet of cheese pretzels yes, yes. and beef products cooked on grills at high school games, you won't have any problems. I mean, that's just that's yeah. that's exactly what the Mayo Clinic will tell you. This is what we've learned. Eat a lot of pretzels with extra cheese, drink a lot of Diet Cokes and Diet Mountain Dews and popcorn and sausage and burgers and brats. And look what happens, kids. It's uh, it's a win win when you finally go in for that colonoscopy good and luck Brian, Brian and I also have a request which is that I hope this means we won't have to have this conversation again for 10 years it's guaranteed I don't ever want to talk about this again I don't know why I brought it up today but it's just I'm trying to educate the masses especially the young people out there Jim like you said we got to we got to let people know what these things are like I haven't had tons of medical procedures I've had two of these bad boys and oh whoa I, uh, I, I'm not, you know, and there's, <laughs> I, this, well, you is sound the day, this is the day after I am 28 hours post colonoscopy and I'm still not getting that far from the bathroom. I'm, I'm <laughs> much better, but holy mackerel. That's uh, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can just see, hear the wheels in Brian Burdett's head right now. Boy, put this show on my, my resume tape. Oh, this is the, the colonoscopy update. Hey, and I, I did, I did do a Google search. There are podcasts about colonoscopies. I kid you not. It's, I have uh, no doubt about that. What a world we live in, man. <laughs> we do live in the modern world. Uh, oh, we're going to put our listeners out of the misery right now. We're going to end please. this show. Uh, and I'm glad you're okay though, John, that's good yeah, news. Thank you. Um, I'm fine. And, and Hey, thanks to everyone who listens. Thanks to pizza bar in Princeton. Thank you to TCO. Thank you to Brian for putting up with us. And we'll be back next week for a non colonoscopy episode. I promise. Can't wait. <laughs>